Neha, I want to ask you, so, I mean, this is the unfortunate truth uh, in our country, that there's a lot of pendency when it comes to cases in our country, and, like, the judiciary seems overburdened. But then the government also came out and said that the cases that are very, very uh, important, they do are fast-tracked to the fast-track courts. But as a lawyer, I want to ask you, what is the actual reality there? So see, firstly, yes, there is, um, there is a bottleneck. It's something every government talks about, every new chief justice of India talks about. It's something you know, amongst lawyers we talk about very, very often. Uh, the fast track court system is for um, largely for sexual offence cases. Yes, which really need that immediate immediate uh, recourse. Yeah. Um, I think the judiciary in this country is doing its best. You have judges. Literally, even in summer holidays, you last yeah. the Delhi High Court was sitting till 10 o'clock at night. Bombay High Court also, there are very many times you have judges sitting till really long hours. Even during the pandemic, because judges were working from home, they were sitting for very, very long hours. And Sundays are the busiest days. Correct, oh, because we are preparing for Monday. Yeah. So literally, sometimes Monday are a 9p climax to your weekend. <laughs> so people suffer from Monday blues. I think we some of us suffer from Sunday blues. Yeah. Um. So it's not that the system is not working, but the judge to population ratio uh, is skewed, is very, very skewed. Um, yes, obviously the narrative and the conversations are building around it. Today, the Chief Justice of India, the current Chief Justice of India is doing everything to sort of digitize things, which will definitely make it easier going forward. Um, so, I mean, there is hope. Of course, there is. And uh, with, 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 you know, digital courts, the way things are being, even filings are being digitalized, I'm sure things will start getting better. The intention is there. <laughs> On a lighter note, you know, going back to Sunny Deol dialogue, Tariq pe Tariq ki I love that. <laughs> so you, um, said that as a litigator, you work, you worked on a lot of white-collar crimes. And I want to touch upon that a little bit, that given the climate that we are in right now, especially the agencies like the ED, uh, they seem to be coming down on businesses a little too hard. In your experience, what do you think is it dampening the entrepreneurial spirit across the nation? Well, this is really a very hot debate. It, it's being debated literally all the time, everywhere. Recently, I read a magazine which had a cover page or something like this. Uh, a few About two months ago, the opposition filed a petition in the Supreme Court mm -hmm. uh, complaining about how it, you know agencies are going excessively, uh, cracking down on um, all and sundry. Uh, my own view is that, look, you need to have checks and balances. Yeah. You need to be in a system where uh, the thing is for any economy to function, you can't also let it become a place where there are no, there, there is a law, but it's not enforced. Um, so it's very important for um, agencies to be on the ball, to be proactive, mm. to try and nip things in time and not let something after 10 years. After 10 years, just what uh, was happening. Yeah. yeah. So right. in fairness yeah. to the agencies, yes, they may be very robust today, but they're also very fair. Hmm. It's not that they are unnecessarily just, oh, I don't like your face and coming after you. Then the minute they find something, they'll ask, they'll raise questions. And if 
in a lot of cases they do drop investigation also if they don't find something. The problem is that the media is also so robust today and you know they're constantly focusing on ab ye hua, ab wo hua. and there's something on Twitter constantly about this this one got raided and that one's being investigated. So you know you just think that this is the only thing happening in the economy. I'm sure there's lots of there's lots of growth happening. We are geopolitically very a lot stronger than we were uh, a few years ago. Fastest growing GDP. Exactly. So, yeah. And the when you grow, so it, it, it's growing in tandem, right? Like if um, the, the economy is growing, the incidences of, say, um, economic offenses are also growing, maybe not at the same pace, thank God. <laughs> but you yeah. know, there is a correlation between yeah. the two. I guess it's a bit of uh, a lot of the media paraphernalia yeah, right. around the yeah. cases. And I don't think it's dampening the spirit uh, that much also because we are, like you also said. Yeah, yeah. Totally agree with you. Um, just circling back a little bit, uh, that you are in this, in this sense working on a lot of white collar uh, cases. But you also, uh, in your personal capacity as a lawyer, worked on a lot of cases that have social impact. Mm-hmm. And I want to specifically touch upon a few of them. So you also worked on Section 377 on the decriminalization of homosexuality. And now, uh, in present, you're also challenging the same-sex marriage uh, in court. Yeah. So I want to ask you, A, why? such cases that's a different part of your personality that's coming out and B is India ready the same-sex marriage oh, that is really a deep dive <laughs> so I think the need to be a friend of the LGBT community literally comes from a, from a very important part of my life which is mm-hmm. uh, my best friend and another very dear friend unfortunately he passed away but of course my best friend um, he's been the champion of the cause in the country uh, and I think it, it just Growing up around both of them, because I've known them since I was pretty much, I don't know, very tiny my name. And it was the most normal thing. There was never any judgment that, you know, he's a gay man or, yeah, um, oh, you can't be friends with him. None of that. My, I mean, my parents are like, look, you're a best friend, you're a best friend, how does it matter? Uh, and they're very normal people, in fact, very sensitive too. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it was phenomenal knowing him and there was no way that you don't, there's a sense of loyalty for your, for your friends, right? Yeah. So my support for the community literally um, came because of my closest friends. And then, of course, things just happened in the sense that when we came together to challenge uh, the you know Section 377, which criminalized homosexuality between consenting adults. Uh, so it's been a beautiful journey in that sense. Um, it, was, it was done from a place of love. And I think, uh, and I and I personally believe that everybody has the right to love. Everybody has the right to choose. Absolutely, they want to love, and everybody has the right to choose the family they want. It doesn't matter. Gender is uh, very emotional. I feel. Mm. The second question is: India ready for same-sex marriage? Well, I think India as a country is obsessed with the idea of a marriage. <laughs> <laughs> You're born really are Indian wedding. <laughs> no, but a child yeah. born later with the parents who already started deciding about their wedding. Yeah. Oh, um, or their marriage. So I think it's, uh, and the minute you have the right to love and choose who you want to love, isn't it just? Yeah, it sort of doesn't make sense that you have the right to choose the person you want to love, but you can get married. You can get married. Like, yeah. I think it's about equality, right? Like, it's yeah. about uh, if two people, a man and a woman love each other and they have the right to marry, then why shouldn't two people of the same gender, if they want to make that commitment to themselves, 
have that uh, that sort of um, you know social status as well. India being ready, uh, well, I think a section of society definitely is. It's a process. Let let's see. The, the, the Supreme Court has heard the petition. We are awaiting judgment. Um, so let's see what happens. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Neha, you touched upon the right of choice of family. So as we speak, you are also challenging the prohibition of surrogacy in India. Tell us more about that. So it really, obviously, um, you know, all these legislation pieces of legislation that impact lives in the sense that actually every piece of legislation impacts the life that impacts the personal space of the human being or their right to love or their right to choice to love or their right to family. Some boys strike a chord. I mean, clearly I'm a huge unconditional love kind of person. Um, maybe that, maybe therefore the name Neha chose me because that does, does mean love. So I think it's somewhere an emotional side of me which comes out. It's very empowering that you can actually make a difference to so many lives. Uh, by what I do. So I think it comes from that space and that's how I ended up uh, working on this uh, petition which challenges the surrog- uh, prohibition of surrogacy laws. I think that in genuine case, the, the on-mass prohibition on surrogacy is is not uh, what I stand for. Yes, it needs to be regulated. Yes, you yes uh, you just can't use India as, as this hub for surrogacy. That yeah. is definitely wrong should be curb the mad yeah, practice. Correct, correct. But there are genuine cases. Yeah. As the age of marriage is increasing or people, you know, fail marriage, marriage, second marriage happened, late thirties, early forties, the incidence of PCOD, the incidence of pre-diabetes, or uh, or other such breast cancer, ovarian cancer with women now is so common. They genuinely need aid and help. Because you've had a life a medical condition as serious as maybe breast cancer. I literally know someone, a 32-year-old unmarried girl, you know, knows it's breast cancer. So literally um, taking that option away, away from you or from, you know, any person, I think that is a bit not drastic. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit drastic. So it comes from that space of um, wanting to help, wanting to make a difference and wanting something which is, you know, again, I, I, I really believe there has to be a balance and there has to be a harmony between of the direction and the a right and a rights as vital as this joy of motherhood or the joy of parenthood in fact that matter ought not to be denied to anybody especially in genuine cases of medical issues um circling back a little bit because you primarily have worked on a lot of high profile white collar crimes i want to touch upon that a little bit in detail and you're of course working with your clients at their most vulnerable yeah. uh Maybe some of them have gone from their highest highs to their lowest lows. I want to ask you that, does it take a toll on you personally? And how do you detach? And like, I'm trying to understand how do you work? So, you know, I've personally had a huge journey there as well. Um, it's it's obviously, you don't learn your hacks or your tricks or that you should have these boundaries and filters day one. Yeah, I mean, you know. And you're working with human beings. You're working with and human beings. And, uh, I, am, I am somebody who's an emotional person. Um, so today, 16 years into the profession, doing this for 16 long years, I have my A-game on. I know my sort of tools to disengage, disconnect, yet uh, function from a place of compassion. And one thing I really believe that nobody goes to a doctor or a lawyer, especially not a litigator, at their happiest. So deal with somebody who comes to you with, with a degree of compassion because it's not their easiest time. 
and yes you put it correctly there are times i'm dealing with people who've been on a fancy forbes list and lived the life and today they're actually grappling and you know their their world is crashed so they themselves are facing a lot of turmoil within not just emotionally not just financially but even within their own ecosystem yeah and suddenly the lawyers step in to play multiple roles um as a friend maybe as, as definitely their advice their legal advisor sometimes even just as a confidant and yes there is a lot of negativity in it because there there's their angst and Correct. energy is something which is just transferable it, it's so yeah. easily transferable if you don't consciously put a boundary to it yeah um i went through a phase where literally i fell ill because i started consuming so much of that angst that anger that agitation it's very hard energy um and um, then obviously through that you know it was like literally like raising myself again like the phoenix and um i sort of realized that i need to step back i need to have boundaries i need to have my me time so i do switch off i do detail yeah. i do i learned how to say no to maybe answering that one phone call at 10:30 at night or 11 o'clock instead of sending a message um yeah so we have to find like for me playing the piano now has become something which really really helps me uh, decongest my headspace Nia, I want to talk to you a little bit more about your personal life now. Uh, you shared with me that at 24, which I believe is still a very impressionable age, we're out in the big bad world, but we're still finding ourselves. You had a tragic loss. You lost your father. Looking back, how do you feel that impacted you personally and professionally? So you know, Sathya, I've divided my life into two halves. Yeah. Um, pre my father, as in when he was with us, and forced him. I guess that's very natural for someone when they lose their parents, of especially at, at 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 any age. It's not easy yeah. to lose a parent, and twenty four was uh, it was growing up overnight. Uh, and the sad part is that my father passed away ten months later. My grandfather passed. Okay, so it was literally within a year. Or you know, from from being a family of six that lives together, dada, dadi, mom, dad, my brother, me, we were down to four of us, and uh, my dadi was. You know, at the cusp of eighteen, my mother was in her mid or early fifties, a housewife, a homemaker. My brother was a twenty-year-old. So suddenly, uh, I had just finished, you know, the, my law degree. I'd come back from England. So it was like overnight, you grow up and you're you're thrown into this sea that, oh, you're with a pack of wolves. Just you're you're dancing with them, you're swimming with them. Figure life out. It made me realize today when I look back that I have a sense of resilience within me, which I didn't even know I had. um it's obviously made me realize the good and the bad and the ugly it's made me a lot more humble i think not that i'm saying i wasn't but i think you value humility as 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 something because you realize that there's um uh, it's a conscious choice you make to be humble because you realize that everything there's an impermanence to it yeah and you know you look at i have a choice i had a choice to say oh god i lost my dad at 24 why me or thank god i had him for those 24 years and you know i've learned so much from him he has to go one day it's fine um but you know what i will live by all those beautiful memories i chose to look at it like that and look at look at my relationship with him with a sense of gratitude um so i think that's um, it's it's i have no regrets it's sort of just it's i think made me uh, the person i am today and i'm grateful for every bit of it you know now i'm just pivoting a little bit here You are really a poster child when it comes to personal physical transformation, and over the past few years, you have literally 
lost almost 31 kg what was the turning point like at what point did you decide that this is a change now i need to make and i need to commit to it so i think i was battling with a situation where um i was in a constant work treadmill working full 16 17 hours a day 7 days a week this is right after my father passed away and this became my life like for 5 years after him it was just my life there were inattic hours so over oh, it it's 6 o'clock in the evening i i i haven't had lunch damn it let's just order a pizza or if you're in bengali market cuz you know work office was there let's just get chola kulcha or let's just get a samosa not realizing what i was eating and all of this you know you are what you eat i understand that today today i understand um, how much of a carb one should have what time you should have it what is a protein what is uh, what is a good fat versus a bad fat having been through the process but back then i didn't i was just overloading myself with anything that came my way because i was hungry and it was a lot of mindless eating yeah. and i think um a beautiful concept that i've learned is a primary plate and a secondary plate a primary plate is everything that's off your actual eating plate which is the secondary plate and primary plate is divided into four quadrants of our life relationships spirituality work and um, you know hum exercise movement anything out of whack in one four of those affects what you eat so it was literally regaining my power yeah i'm regaining myself to put myself in a place where i was just like yeah i'm not happy with this body set i'm not happy being this plus size girl um i don't love myself um what am i doing all of this what is the purpose of my existence if i'm not happy with who i am yeah and i think that's where you know with those gut health issues with all of that they started this process and then i lost 3 kilos it was super exciting that kept me to go, keep going more yeah. so i knew it it was just a way of life and it's in a beautiful way of life that let me to actually then i then i was very curious i said you know but hang on if i have to stick on this path i want to understand nutrition mm-hmm. and then i ended up studying nutrition through uh, iin it's an online platform based on okay. here and i've done two sort of modules oh, with amazing. them and it's yeah. sort of been it, it, the depth that one can go into and really understand how fascinating the the human body is is just so amazing so yeah i think what you touched upon that when we look at a physical transformation it's it's always i personally believe inside out correct you have correct. to work on your internal state yeah of course state for that physical outside uh, manifestation to show you know i want to ask you something that like it's it's very hard like especially when sometimes you're not seeing the physical uh, changes that you want like what kept you motivated on this long journey of like reaching your target weight goal so i tell you initially of course i was driven by i have to be this this weight i have to be that weight um so i i was fortunate i think that i lost a chunk of weight in a seamless flow then i plateaued i plateaued for over 18 yeah man that is what i'm telling yeah that happens for everybody and yeah. a lot of people give up but i point. think somewhere you know i'm very fortunate that i think there's a sense of alignment and i kept getting uh, like a random post would come up somewhere on insta the universe was yeah. motivating you motivating me i remember reading this post somewhere which said when i really needed it that day when motivation and discipline kicks you and i was like you know i really need to hear this and i realized that to sustain even this weight loss i yeah. need to have a sense of discipline so i sat down and wrote down like a routine that i wanted to follow then that thing let me to you know maybe bettering that because you, you I was now studying nutrition, reading a lot about it. Some little life hacks here, some little life changes there. I learned about a process called thermogenesis, which is which is which is very interesting. The 
internal body heat that is created that helps you burn fat. How do you raise the body temperature is by having sipping hot water through the day. Ah. Consciously made a choice to keep like a now of course I have my ember mug which controls the temperature of the flask. But I keep that with me everywhere and I keep sipping hot water. Little life hacks and I think yeah. it just figures it. I think you have to just commit to the process. This is so interesting. I love it. And so much information I've gathered from talking to you, especially these life hacks. But you know, a lot of people listening in, there, there's always, especially when it comes to wanting to be a certain weight, everybody is like, oh, but she could do it. Neha is more disciplined. I can't. Or it's, you know, a lot of this negative self voice, a lot of self doubt happens and just prevents people from not even starting. From not even yeah. taking that step. I was there too. Yeah. So for someone like that listening in, what would your advice? Let go of limiting beliefs. We are, unfortunately, I don't know where this happens. We're all born as beautiful little babies, children. And through the vagaries of life, before we know it, there's this negative speak that yeah. starts. In fact, one of the things that I went through when I started on my physical transformation path in 2017 was to get away with the negative speak. Do it once, do it twice, correct that thought there yeah. and then. And you know what, you're, when you're, the minute you're happier, things just happen. Like, you know, the minute, the day I'm actually in a bad mood, maybe I've had a fight with a close friend, maybe work hasn't gone as perfect as a good, I haven't had a good day in court, or maybe just, I don't know, something hasn't gone the way I wanted it to go, or I'm missing my dad too much or something, and I'd be like, listen, it's fine, I can just have like a little extra piece of chocolate, or maybe just eat a little, binge eat or something. But all of that comes from a place where I'm not my, not feeling my best. So it comes out like, yeah. like I said, primary place, secondary place. But the minute there is a positive thought, the minute there is a happy thought, the minute I'm living in gratitude in the moment, I don't think I feel hungry. I'm quite okay. to And, and I have, in fact, I practice that a lot now because I do these 16-hour long fasts every day, 16 to 17 hours okay. long fasts every Intermittent day. Intermittent fasting. And I see the day I'm agitated, I can't go more than 12 hours. So I think it's about just being grateful in that moment that kind of just, you know, dissipates any um, agitation, which for me then dissipates even the need to go and eat. You exemplify breaking stereotypes both in your professional and personal life. No, listening to guys. No, no, it's true. Um, and why I say that is you recently shared with me that you took the decision of freezing your eggs. And in India, it's still sort of very nascent people sort of don't understand it and hence we tend to judge things we don't understand so i want to talk to you a little bit about that tell us why uh, did you decide to do so i didn't do it because oh my god it's to break any barriers or to bring in uh, you know path um i did it because i wanted to do it why did i want to do it because single in the city I don't want to have children one day or at least I want to have that option to have children one day and yeah. today um, medical science allows us the luxury actually the luxury to uh, lock in time why not take advantage why not take advantage of it it's like an insurance policy right yeah. so it's, and uh, I'm very grateful that my ecosystem supported it yes um, very important yeah, my, my closest family my closest friends uh, I was able to take time out of work to be able to do it. So, yeah, I think, in, and you know what, it's it's today, you never know with where life takes you. Um, and I think if those who want to lock in time, want to secure themselves in that, want to, uh, or at least secure the option of, you know, having a family, 
should definitely go ahead and do so. I don't think there, there, there's no stigma. Why should there be a stigma attached to it? I, it's, a, it's a simple medical process. But I wanted to touch upon that because it's still considered taboo in our society, unfortunately. But I don't think there should be any taboo to yeah. it. It's, it's a painful in the sense that you have to... Go yeah, it's a medical procedure. Yeah. But I don't think it's uh, in any manner... I don't understand the taboo around. Yeah. I think I'm missing the point there, but because it's just a normal medical procedure which just it's more like an insurance policy simply for the yeah. insurance policy you said single in this city and from where i'm sitting i see you as i mean why do we have to first of all be defined as single or not single i see you as a happy thriving successful woman Again, but kind <laughs> no i mean it i don't lie but do you feel people outside like people in society stereotyping you for that or judging you do you feel that outer criticism and then how do you deal with it so i'm often asked that oh don't, you know so many times people are talking to me about something or somebody will call for like a little positivity chat or a mentoring chat oh but don't judge me for this my answer to everybody is very simple listen i don't judge that's not my job i don't think a any human being ought to judge another because you don't know their circumstance um okay. When I say single in the city, you know, I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that you will meet somebody, you will be with someone when you're meant to be with them. I surrender to that. And I know I will meet somebody when I have to and I'm open to that. Uh, so therefore, it's not out of choice that I'm single in the city. It's just just what it is. And I, it doesn't matter to me. It, I really, it doesn't matter to me whether I'm single or whether I'm, whether I'm I mean, I whether I'm with someone or not, I, I think what matters to me most is that I'm a happy, evolving soul. And if somebody has a problem with that, it's their problem, not my problem. <laughs> I love that honesty. You know that song, right? Tira ghata, meera kuch nahi jata. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Neha, your journey has been very interesting because the way I see it, a lot of women, there are a lot of women lawyers right now, but they're all practicing with the firm. But you sort of stepped out and have started your own firm. So why is that, first of all, that why are not many women taking that step? And secondly, what is your journey been like? Why are women not taking that step, Suti? That is something which is, uh, I guess, again, it is slightly intimidating. It's not that, you know, when I took that decision, there was just something on the inside uh, that kept wanting me to do. So I was working with a great firm. I was really happy there, doing some great work. I had a great equation with, uh, you know, whoever I was, the whole team that I was working with. Um, and I had just been made associate partner. And despite that, I... You know, sort of, and that literally within months of that, decided to uh, step oh, out. Oh, no. Yeah, set up my own uh, boutique practice with, of course, a partner of mine. Uh, okay, but uh, I don't know. It was just something on the inside, you know. And sometimes you just listen to yourself. I guess it's the entrepreneurial. Yeah, maybe, maybe uh, it was that entrepreneurial yeah. side that I want to do something because with with great freedom also comes great responsibility. It also brings you. Um, it allows you like this field to discover yourself, build yourself. I think maybe it was that desire. Yes, you're right that the number of women-led firms in comparison to male-led setup firms are very few. But then that's, I guess, because it's, it, it is unfortunately um, still very, very, we still have a, lot, a few more barriers to break. 
a few more glass ceilings to break. It takes tell us about that. More about the barriers. What do you mean? The thing is that the working hours are very erratic. Yeah, you're dealing with your your largely the people I deal with are 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 men. Um, so you're now suddenly under a instead of being under a larger umbrella of a firm, you are the umbrella yourself. You know, of like here my partner and I are the umbrellas. Um, it it takes a little bit of definitely courage, a little a lot of putting yourself out there. So I think, um, and you know, it's also means getting out of your comfort zone, right? Yeah. And as it is, when you have a profession which is so demanding, so challenging on your time, uh, you know, it it does take a toll on your personal life. So I think maybe sometimes that is also a concern for women to go out there and do it. But I don't see that as a reason. Trust in yourself. Uh, find the right team, and you know what, things just happen. Neha, this has been. Such an enriching conversation. I've learned so much about not just the legal scenario. <laughs> no, I've really enjoyed talking, but also about uh, physical transformation. But on a lighter note, I have a little fun. That that too. <laughs> I have a fun segment planned for you. Mm, interesting. And it's is it called... like the coffee with Karan last section where you get roasted? Not exactly roasted, but then we are toasting. So it's called toast to the post. Interesting. <laughs> I have champagne. <laughs> Maybe after off the camera. Um, I, I have a few posts from my Instagram that I'm gonna show you, and you have to tell me what was happening there. Shocking. This is not toasting. This is definitely roasting. But go ahead. Are you ready, Neha? Absolutely nervous now. You can't. See your Instagram bio. So you the picture. I'm trying to see what am I posting. I can't eat. Too late. Okay, the first one I have for you is this. Oh my God, what was happening here? This I was sort of very dear friend's fortieth birthday, which was last May. Had gone to Euro Disney. Okay, and it was literally like reliving my childhood. We're never too old. Yeah, Disneyland. Actually, it's only the rides that are actually not for children. <laughs> okay, the second one. I think this is phenomenal. Oh yeah. So what was happening here when you posted this? So I think I needed some motivation at that point. This is 2005 when I was like, oh, whatever, and that's 2020. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. So it was just you know, right? I was I was sitting and doing this because I wanted some inspiration. I think it was. In the middle of the pandemic, and I was just feeling very blah. And my mom had told me, "Maybe you put on some weight." And I was like, "No, <laughs> see this." So that's how. Yeah. But it takes courage to put that out on social media. This is so cute. Tell us oh, about this. This is my daddy. I'm always. How old were you here? Yeah. A few months, maybe no, maybe a year. Okay, I'm just part of you. Adorable. And the last question I want to ask you. Another thing. It's a little show and tell, but. Because I, I, and another thing I found from your Instagram is that you got a tattoo. I have two, but yeah, now you talk. Okay, I saw only one. <laughs> <laughs> so the one I saw on Instagram, uh, show us that tattoo and what it signifies. The grateful heart. Ah, uh, here, the grateful heart. So when did you get this, and what does it signify? So, uh, you know, I've been, I wanted to get a tattoo on my arm. For years, since actually twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen, and um, so I was having this conversation with a friend of mine in twenty fourteen, fifteen, and Priyanka Chopra just got her tattoo after losing her father, which said, "Daddy is girl." I'm like, "But it doesn't sit with me." 
then somebody said get fearless um then i wanted to get like the eternity but nothing was sitting right with me um i kept waiting it will come to me uh this is 23rd or 24th of december 2021 okay um this was uh i mean obviously at that point even now gay marriages are not recognized in in india but this gay couple friend of mine was getting wanted to do a little ceremony to solemnize their relationship and they were doing it in udaipur we were sitting a bunch of us like there was a very close knit affair we they taken over the whole property but it was just like about 30 people covid wedding yeah covid yeah wedding. we were sitting at this it was sunset it was around sunset and it was a beautiful setting that we were sitting at where we were overlooking the lake and dinner was being served really early in the evening or whatever and i was sitting with somebody next to me i, I didn't know them because they mixed up you know the sit down arrangement where nobody whoever sits next to you don't know them and this lady and i were having a conversation she was from bangalore and i said something about look you know what look at this view and one should be really grateful for it. and i think i used the word grateful three four times in like our conversation and she looked at me and said you're one grateful heart uh, and i was just like yes i am and i was like you know what that that is what i wanted that is it and she said like, what what just happened i was like this is my aha moment i was looking for a tattoo on my arm grateful heart that is me and that's who i want to be that's the choice i make so she's like are you going to go get inked i said exactly i'm going back tomorrow the after i'm going and getting inked and wrong there i literally called up my niece i said can you book me for a tattoo appointment before i change my mind <laughs> 26 december 2021 i went and got inked when you know you know you when you know you know it was just that instinctive i love it the fun never stops at the because she can studio because we are fun <laughs> uh we have another segment a fun segment with the other <laughs> love it fire with ng what's up oh, hi neha hi neha can i say hi to you now <laughs> so hi neha from another neha and in fact it, it looks like a role reversal huh? you are in a white i'm in a black i look look, look more like a lawyer huh? <laughs> i'm very happy to give you my bar id card you can take it around i have plenty fun questions for you to ask why you choose to be a lawyer oh god okay but actually your journey has been very impressive thank you your a groundbreaking work with the litigation your thought provoking opinions on so many social issues that's really really impressive thank you i think you're you're just too kind <laughs> no really it is our listeners would be too happy to hear and know so many new things from you thank you and i hope the process continues <laughs> inshallah so i have some questions for you and uh, you may choose always to answer <laughs> I love that. Okay, if not a lawyer, you would have been a lawyer. <laughs> Perfect. Um, uh, how would you define yourself as a thirteen-year-old girl? Overweight. Ah, uh, not so happy. Really? Yeah. Oh. And for our very young listeners, something that you had in you, and you're very proud of that—that that was my one characteristic that I still continue to have. Oh, I think I can just make friends are easy. Like I become so I'm so I can I can chit chat with anybody. Yeah, so I, you know the I have my youngest friend is probably five years old. Uh huh. And my oldest chit chat buddy is probably whom I'm supposed to actually go meet after this. Is eighty <laughs> two? No, she's eighty three. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's 
No, I think I think Nehas can do that yeah. because what they mean is what you just said. Yeah, one who gives love. Oh, yeah. So I think, and I, and that if you would ask me to really describe myself today, yes. I'd say I'm just a loving, happy, evolving soul. Oh, lovely! <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, how many times have you been to a jail to meet your white collar clients? <laughs> I'm sure I don't want to offend anyone, but. <laughs> I end up going once a week. <laughs> really? And can you please describe something about your experiences in the jail? Well, I had a really funny experience once. When you go in, you have to like re enter your details name, mobile number, blah, 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 all of that. Of course, who you're going to meet. You have to give your bar ID mm-hmm. card. Did you know regular process? Uh, didn't even bother to see that a lot of people who go there are most men. Hmm. And that I could become like an object of obsession for the guy who's taking my name and number who's going to start messaging me very soon. Madam, very pretty. <laughs> oh, God, no. This is not, that is not the place where you wanted to come from. <laughs> no, the rest it was hilarious, funny. Uh, he, they obviously didn't, I mean, you know, he stopped with that, that, whatever, that inspector thing. But it was quite funny. <laughs> But thanks for this incident. I have another question related. What one quality that you see in a man that impresses you? I think I innately end up getting very excited or I end up having a crush on a man who's bloody brilliant and humble. But you know, surprisingly, yeah. there are enough of them around. <laughs> <laughs> so, but if you are stuck on an island with somebody, your fantasy would be a man, like somebody we all know probably. Um, Achil Patel? Oh. Because he's actually intelligent, you know. Yeah, he's and witty. He's very, very witty. witty. You know, whenever I've, I've seen him around airport two, three times, once he was on the same flight with me back from uh, London to Delhi. Very humble. Abhishek, you have to know there is somebody there ready to get stuck with you on an island. <laughs> One cliche that you think is not true for a lawyer. Oh. There are a lot of cliches. But oh, uh, that they argue a lot. They don't. In their personal space, I don't think we want peace. Yeah, do that for a living. Amazing. Okay, some quick ones: adventure sports or uh, chilling on a beach. Um, going on a hike. A hike. Mind a hike. hike also yeah. comes in adventure. Oh, yeah. nice. DSLR or phone camera on a vacation. Phone camera on a vacation. Phone camera anywhere. Yeah. She is, she, I know that she has a lot of inclination towards photography. I love it. Getting yourself clicked or clicking. What is your choice? Uh, both. Both. <laughs> if you have to start a movement, what would it be called? This whole year started with this whole concept of being free and no limiting beliefs. So I think for me, it's for a, for me as a movement, if I were to, I would hashtag something. Uh, it'd be uh, hashtag happy freedom. Oh. Or hashtag no limiting beliefs. Okay. Very well, interesting. I know you have been on a fitness regime for quite some time now, but your food indulgence would be dark chocolate. Dark okay. chocolate. Dark chocolate. Uh, or, or more than that, actually, I think uh, minus 30 uh, espresso ice cream, like the whole tub. Nothing oh. else. Yeah. <laughs> So a very interesting question from our team, which they really wanted to ask. That Joey actually dikhata hai TV mein courtroom scene. Is it actually like that or is it somewhat different? Oh, it's, it's a lot different. It's a lot more dramatic. 
No, that order order doesn't happen, but okay. it's a lot more dramatic. So no drama. But you take an oath. You stand in that. That's only in in, in when a trial is uh, good, okay. when somebody's giving evidence. Right. When you're arguing, you obviously nobody needs to take an oath. Right. But arguments are sometimes so funny and hilarious and full on drama. Full on drama. That's, that's, that's quite cute. Thank you so much, Neha. Token of our appreciation, may I please ask Divya to give you a beautiful memento. Thank you, that's so special. So, thank you so much, Neha, for being here. <laughs> With pleasure. But before I give this to you, I'd love to know, what does Because She Can make you? I think Because She Can means to me that women can really have it all. Just define your all and rule the world. Well, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank oh. you for being yeah, you are such an inspiration. Thank you for having me. I have known you and you just continue every time. Inspiring. You inspire as well, Divya, with all that you're doing. With your legal journey, with you fighting for what you believe is right. And Thank of course, you. your fitness journey has been... You have inspired me on that, really, honestly. So yes, um, for being up. And I too am not... <laughs> <laughs>